Ghostbuster sounds. We're here to wrap it up. Why not? You're Steph Curry! It's time for Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7. Warriors Wrap Up is presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason inside our San Francisco studios. Kings beat the Dubs for the second time this season. 111-98, the final in Sacramento tonight as the Warriors have lost their fifth consecutive game. Whitey Gleason, uh, I'm going to have a hard time finding much on the positive side of the ledger uh, in a ball game where the Warriors missed their first 17 three-point shots. Sent me scrambling to the record book. Uh, on a night where they wind up hitting 5 of 26 overall. They trailed by 7 at the end of the first quarter, by 12 at the half, although it felt like the Warriors should be down by much more than that. Uh, really, the only net positives in terms of plus-minus uh, for the Warriors tonight. Jordan Poole, Alan Smiley, Chamari Spellman, all small positives, but much of that was accumulated in a fourth quarter where the Warriors uh, at one point trailed uh, by 31 points. So uh, not a lot of positives. Steve Kerr, he said, add a heck with it uh, in the first half, uh, and it was coming on the heels of a night where the Warriors said, ah, D'Angelo Russell... Uh, you're good to come back in Sacramento. Ah, no, you know what? Let's wait until Wednesday. Draymond Green, a little tired, a little frustrated. Now uh, he's a sprained ankle. A little spent and, yeah. and now officially a sprained ankle. So he uh, is going to take the night off. Don't bother making the trip to Sacramento. And then Steve Kerr decides that that he's going to hit the pike a little bit early as well. Uh, it's hard to really blame the Warriors players for an effort like that in a game that was frankly set up the way that it was set up by the Warriors themselves coming off of the game on Saturday night. I think you could make the case that there were a few, relatively speaking, bright spots, which I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on. Even you talked about the plus-minus for a few players. But I think it was just very disappointing because the shooting was so poor. And as, as you said, they missed their first 17 threes. We did some check-in and found out that the record for most three-point attempts in an NBA game without a make is 22, and that, that seemed very doable tonight, although they ended up with, what, five, right? They made five. I think the poor shooting, in part, was a result of uh, players passing up open shots, which you don't see a lot of in the NBA. I think that spoke to a lack of confidence, but it also speaks to the fact that right now a lot of these Warrior players are being asked to do things that – they really shouldn't be asked to do. They're being asked to do more than they're capable of doing. I'm not making excuses. Alec Burks obviously is a guy who can score a lot of points, but you're just so depleted, and without your two best players, your two most experienced players, uh, it's a pretty ragtag bunch out there. And when one or two of them, when one or two of them are having off shooting nights, boy, it's uh, it's rough sledding. I was also disappointed tonight in Kai Bowman's game. Uh, I was hoping to see him really make his presence felt against De'Aaron Fox, and De'Aaron Fox is a very good player, and he's getting healthier and playing better. But um, Kai Bowman, he had a few moments tonight, but he really got scorched by De'Aaron Fox. And and there's been a a big conversation, Whitey. We do have some actual breaking news here uh, following this ball game uh, as the Kings beat the Warriors 111-98. to Been a big discussion about how the Warriors figure out a – uh, a, a spot uh, to guarantee a contract for Kai Bowman and or Damian Lee. Uh, and one of the you know 
easiest way that's been bandied about to do that would be to waive Marquise Chris. The Warriors have, in fact, waived Marquise Chris, hmm. which is a, a bit of a surprise. I know there were some that thought, you know, he was worth, myself included, taking a look at for the remainder of the year, but his contract non-guaranteed unless he's on the Warriors roster by Friday. Uh, and, Whitey, you mentioned in the pregame uh, that, you know, if he's going to be not guaranteed, and we would you know him, ahead of time. We would know ahead of time because that process takes a couple of days to become official. So the Warriors are, are doing that, uh, according to the team, uh, announcing it to all the reporters there uh, in Sacramento tonight. So Marquise Chris is out, and that presumably frees up uh, a spot yeah. to now or, or financial space, basically, to add. Kai Bowman, or more likely Damian Lee, uh, to the roster on a contract for the remainder of the season. I did notice Marquise Chris played only, uh, well, not quite 15 minutes tonight. He was fairly productive, but he didn't play much. And I, I don't think the Warriors wanted to let him go, but it was just a matter of, well, we got to do something we don't really want to do here. So it's a surprise. I wouldn't say it's a, I wouldn't say it's a shock. Yeah, I, I don't know I, about I, you. I'm not. I'm surprised, but I'm, I'm not shocked. I, I yeah, I'm. I, I'm a little surprised. I, I, I thought that the Warriors were going to want to take a look at him for the remainder of the season. Uh, you know, it also could be something as simple as, "Hey, it's a non-guaranteed contract. You waive him, and you believe that maybe there isn't going to be too many out there or anybody out there that's going to want to pick him up, even on a minimum deal." You think you'll have another at shot this at him stage, down the road, and maybe down the road you have a chance to sign him again. At some point, whether that's uh, you know to a ten day contract or, or something like that, once you get uh, you know, in essence, you're playing with time, right? You 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 don't have to guarantee him now, so you take him off the roster. You get Damian Lee on the roster, and then maybe there's a way down the line you can re add Marquise Chris to the roster. Yeah, uh, interesting. I know Monty Poole had suggested that the Warriors uh, were not as high on Marquise Chris as a lot of fans are. Uh, because the Warriors noticed that for every, well, maybe not for every good play made, he made a bad play. But um, Marquise Chris, I think, was making a few mistakes that probably the coaching staff noticed more than the rest of us did. Um, so that's that's very interesting. You also free up now $900,000, I think, which may be part of the equation as well. So Kai Bowman then would figure to have a roster spot. Uh, well, Damian Lee. Uh, I think at this point, probably before Kai Bowman. Okay, but, right. But yeah, because his either clock or, but is, yeah. yeah, if you look at the clock, and I know coming into the game, uh, if you look at the clock, uh, Damian Lee today was his forty third day of a four of forty five allowed, and Kai Bowman thirty nine. So technically, you have a little bit more time to work Kai Bowman uh, onto the roster, and, and Kai Bowman is also somebody that the Warriors could send down. Uh, at some point to Santa Cruz and, and then try and figure it out. Uh, and I know Steve Kerr did say before the ball game that once D'Angelo Russell is back, Kai Bowman is going to be sent down. So they will be able to extend that that time period a little bit before they have to officially make a decision on Bowman. We didn't see that coming, so I'm trying to backfill a little bit here. But um, I'm not sure Marquise Chris is really a guy that you can see as a center going forward, an NBA center, especially when you consider what that involves defensively. I mean, he came in here with his career hanging by a thread, and he's had a good attitude, and he's played well, and he's been productive, put up numbers. But um, I'm I'm still not sure 
that he ha- has established himself as an NBA center. Now, that said, what do the Warriors do now for centers? Because now they have Willie Colley-Stein. Spellman is smallish, but he can play uh, the five. Draymond can play the five. Smile each can play the five. I, I, you know, we talk about this a lot in baseball, right, with players that have options or, or don't have options, meaning they could be sent up and down freely to the minors and, and – and, Typically, when there is a roster crunch at the beginning of a season or in season, players that can be sent down or do not have guaranteed deals to be on the major league club, they that and and players that that can't be moved, they are the ones that typically stay. And I think this is as simple as that type of a numbers crunch for the Warriors. The only player that had the option for the Warriors to take him away and be able to save financially. It was Marquise Chris, so he's the one that goes. And, and we're getting a couple of texts and people coming in. Well, how? what about Jacob Evans and Spellman? Well, Jacob Evans and Spellman have contracts right. for next year. Right. Marquise Chris essentially did not have to have a contract through tomorrow and, and now will not because the Warriors are uh, going to waive him. Well, it's so difficult, right, to understand because it's counterintuitive. You look at the Warriors and, wow, they're 9-29, and 29, and Marquise Chris, he's done some good things. So why would you let him go? You know what I mean? If you're just looking at it uh, without any awareness of uh, all the contractual obligations, well, why would you let a guy go who's been one of the bright spots at times of this dismal season? I, so it's I, it's difficult to wrap your brain around. Yeah, I think it can be. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. It's John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. Warriors wrap-up here uh, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. 888-957-9570. Uh, as the Warriors lose to the Kings in Sacramento, one eleven to ninety eight, they also have waived Marquise Chris, uh, presumably to set up uh, and free up a roster spot, and more so the financial flexibility to add Damian Lee to their roster for the remainder of the season. Uh, I think it's interesting, and one of the things we go back and forth on a lot, Whitey, is is who's a keeper for next year and who's not. And I think that's kind of what you're getting at as far as, you know, on nights like this where, you know, the result is pretty ugly and the Warriors are down 31 and they're struggling. Nights like this, I think, make those decisions a little bit, in some ways, murkier, but in in some ways more clear-cut. Because there have been a lot of nights where the Warriors don't play well and you start looking up and down the box score and you go, you know what, you could make a case that, that a bunch of these guys, as much as they've had individual efforts where they've been contributors, big picture on a team that is going to want to contend for a championship, I think you could make a case for a lot of these guys on a lot of these nights that maybe none of them have a guaranteed spot for next year. And and, and specifically, you know, a guy like Spellman, a guy like uh, Jacob Evans, uh, you know, even Willie Cauley-Stein to a certain extent. Kai Bowman, I know, has been kind of a fan favorite, and I think you could put Chris in that category as well. I mean, the, the, the only two guys that of the veteran players that I look at and go, boy, you'd really like to have them next year if you're the Warriors would be Glenn Robinson III and Alec Burks. I would put Eric Paschal in there as, as a young player, obviously because he was a second-round pick this year, and he's a rookie, and, and he's got a contract for next year. But of the veterans, I, to me, the only two locks – are that you'd want to keep are Robinson and Alec Burks. And that doesn't mean you'll be able to keep them because they have played so well that they may have more options as well. 
Yeah, I think Burks is gone, and I'm okay with that. Nothing against him. And I know I think you and I have been in disagreement on that through most of the season. I know Jim Barnett disagrees with me on this, and obviously Jim Barnett uh, knows a thing or two about basketball. I'm not sure Burks is going to have the same opportunities on, say, this team next year that he's having this year, so I'm not sure he would have the opportunity to help you as much as he has uh, helped the Warriors this year. But as far as Marquise Chris goes, um, not to be redundant, but there's no way that he has been the least productive player. So as a fan, again, right, you look at it and, well, if you're going to get rid of somebody, why would you get rid of him? But all it all relates again back to contractual obligations. But I also think, you know, it, yes, you could make a case that he has not been the least productive player, but you could also make the case that he hasn't been so productive by comparison to the other players that he has to stay. You know, and, and my stance on it had been, you know, yeah, would you like to continue to get a look at him? For the remainder of the season, absolutely. You'd like to be able to, to get a look at him for the rest of the season. I think the Warriors, if you ask them, they would say, yeah, we'd like to get a look at Marquise Chris for the remainder of the season, but at what cost? At the cost of maybe being forced to make a trade you don't want to make right now uh, with somebody like a, an Alec Burks or Damian Lee? I'm sorry, an Alec Burks or a... a, a GR3. A GR3, but... You also have to wonder what the market, you know, does this say something about the market for Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson III? Maybe maybe the Warriors can't, on a dime, with everybody knowing they're up against this deadline, make the move that they yeah. want to make. And, you know, Joe Lacob's on record. He, he was talking with NBC Sports Bay Area on their pregame show on Saturday, and he said, look, we're not in the business of giving up, just giving up talent, giving would, up players for would, nothing. Yeah, I would, and that that's what it would come down to most likely – uh, Burks, you'd probably trade him for a second-round pick, right? You'd love to get more, but if you're going to get a second-round pick, and presumably if you got a second-round pick or two by trading Burks and maybe GR3, maybe, as we discussed on a Warriors Live, maybe you'd want to put that in a package. You know, the Warriors are assembling some kind of package to offer for a bigger player. Um, but if you're not getting anything back um, other than the second-round pick, maybe that's why they haven't pulled the trigger, as you say. The, the market there isn't what they hoped it would be. But looking at the roster for next year, I know we touched on this earlier. Curry, Thompson, Green, and Looney, right? I mean, you know that they're going to be around. I know Looney, there's some health issues. I'm presuming health there. Um, they're committed, right, to Poole, Smilagic, and Pascal, right? And there's there's seven spots right there. They're committed to Spellman, as you said, right? Whether they should be or not, they appear to He's appear got to a be. contract for next yeah. year. So that's like that's that's eight guys right there. And that doesn't mention Bowman or Lee or the uh, um, Jacob Evans or Robinson or Burks or Carly Stein. And you're going to have a, at least one or two new players coming in next year, right? So they've still got some tough decisions to make on a handful of players. Probably won't be anything major until the offseason. But they got some tough, uh, tough calls to make here uh, before the deadline in one month. And I think you have a lot of players that are potential throw-ins in bigger deals. Because I think the Warriors are in a position where if they look to trade D'Angelo Russell Whitey, uh, it's probably going to be, you know, they're probably going to take back more than they put out in that kind of a deal. And I just mean in terms of sheer players. So you got to think, you know, if you're trading D'Angelo Russell, you're going to take a couple of players back. It's going to be a scenario where, uh, you know, that's going to take up more spots. You've got your mid-level exception. You've got your trade exception for Iguodala that you have to factor in there as well. So I, I think... Of those guys you mentioned that have 
contracts for next season, a couple of those are going to have to be maneuvered around to whittle down the total number. And look, the other aspect of this is you need better players. You know, I know Steph Curry's coming back and Clay Thompson's coming back and Draymond Green's going to be, you know, healthy and, and ready to roll next year. And, and the hope is that Kevon Looney can be as well. And Eric Pascal's a nice piece. And you're either going to have D'Angelo Russell on the team or you're going to have a couple of players that you acquire for D'Angelo Russell. But beyond that, I still believe that there is a, a whole tier of player in between those guys that I just mentioned and some of these back end of the roster guys where the Warriors really have an opportunity to improve their roster. And I think that's where they actually make the most hay in, in terms of being a better team next year is what do they do with that 5-10, to 6-10 spot on the roster. And then, you know, if Spellman's around or Evan, you kind of let the chips fall where they may with some of those other guys. But where you really need to improve and get better is that, that middle chunk of the roster, in particular spots 6-7-8. 888-957-9570, Chilton Autobody, text line 95795. Who's the one guy from this team that you would most want back next year? I'm assuming that uh, D'Angelo Russell is going to be the guy who gets most of the votes. To me, it's uh, Eric Paschal. He's the one of these guys. If I can only keep one guy from this team, obviously you're probably going to keep more than one guy um, from this team. Obviously, we know the big-name stars – Steph and Draymond and Clay will be back next year. But to me, it's Eric Pascal. To me, it's Pascal. It would be Pascal, Burks, and Glenn Robinson the third. I would go in that order. It's tight between Glenn Robinson the third and Burks, and I could make a case for why it would need to be Glenn Robinson the third, uh, just based on the fact that the Warriors don't have too many body types that are that that wing small forward yeah, guy that can defend. Mm-hmm. Guys like Alec Burks, you can almost kind of find. You know, guys that can fill it up a little bit. Uh, you know, from a guard type of a position. So in a way, it's harder to find guys like Glenn Robinson the third than it is even Alec Burke. So there's a case to be made there. All right, eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. We'll continue to react to the Warriors waving Marquise Chris. Uh, but right now, let's go ahead and hear from Mike Brown tonight. Steve Kerr got tossed, and Steve Kerr did not do the post-game press conference at Golden One Center in Sacramento. He handed those duties over to Mike Brown, and Mike Brown met with reporters after the ball game. We couldn't shoot the ball well tonight. We started out, I think, 0 for 13 in the first half, and I think we took 18 threes before making our first one, and hopefully the ball go in the hole a little bit easier than what we saw tonight. Uh, but in situations like that, you know, Steve said it best. He told our team afterwards, you know, it's got to start defensively. we got to come with a little bit more intensity. Uh, we got to get after loose balls and long rebounds, and we got to put our bodies on people without sending them to the free throw line. And uh, in the second half, our, um, you know, our second unit did it. I thought our second unit came out, and uh, they fought a little bit uh, on the defense end of the floor which got us some easy looks uh, offensively. So uh, we have to try to do that a little closer to 48 minutes now, uh, starting from the jump ball. Uh, and if we do, uh, we'll see better results. And uh, But, you know, you give our guys credit for hanging in there and trying to do what they can do. Uh, tough loss for us. We'll get back, uh, get a good practice in, and get on to the next game. Now kind of been around Steve on a few of his ejections. Did you feel that one brewing a little bit, the way you guys were playing in the first half and just stuff going on on the court? Yeah, yeah no, for sure. You know, the, the one thing I, when he got ejected, I, one thing I told our group, I said, I said, hey, look, our, our, you can tell Steve cares. I said, our head coach cares. He's out there fighting his ass off for you guys. And 
he gets ejected because he's fighting for you guys. Now let's let's fight for him. Let's let's show a little bit of uh, fight or resolve on the defense end of the floor, especially try to move the ball offensively. And I said, I don't care if we miss our next 30 shots. I don't care if we get blown out uh, tonight. I said, but just show some fight, just like he did getting kicked out. And I thought our guys did show a little bit of fight, especially in the second half from time to time. When those three balls weren't going in, is it hard to recover when that's happening? When maybe you don't have, you're shorthanded, maybe you don't have the same leadership on the floor? It, it, it is uh, when they're making threes at the other end of the floor. And uh, so that's what made it a little tough. Uh, you know, we have about two or three stretches of really good defense. And then, you know, we, we make a mistake or we have a breakdown. And, you know, we're playing, obviously, a lot of young guys. And they were out there, they were fighting. But there were times where, uh, you know, somebody might have missed an assignment here or missed an assignment there. And, and when we did, you know, with the veteran team like that, we, we paid the price. Uh, but, uh, you know, like I said, I, in the second half, there were some good takeaways from the game. Mike, was that T's emotions just tonight, or was any of this just a season of frustration sort of reaching a boiling point? I don't think it's a season of frustration reaching a boiling point for him. For him. Uh, you know, I think he understands the situation we're in. Um, he knows that it's our job to keep trying to coach the, you know, this young team and try to get them to understand how to play the right way. He's about as competitive a guy as I've been around. You know, he, he, he's got the blonde hair and the blue eyes. He looks like this all-American guy, but he's got more fight and fire inside his gut than almost anybody that I've probably been around. And, and he did not like the way that we were playing tonight. No, none of us did. And so he wanted to let, you know, not only our team know uh, uh, tonight, but he wanted them hopefully to, to understand long-term that this is inexcusable in terms of the, the fight that we brought to the table at the beginning of the game. And like I said, you know, you, shots need to go in to help you win, but there could have been some things that we did a little bit better, uh, especially in that first half, uh, to, to help us at least have a chance going down the stretch. All right, back here in studio, John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Mike Brown there. I, I want to get into what he had to say about Steve Kerr, but we'll do that next. We've got to burn a quick timeout, 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search kings. Beat the Warriors tonight in Sacramento, one eleven ninety eight. You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason here in San Francisco. Kings beat the Warriors tonight in Sacramento, 111-98, 888-957-9570, We're also continuing to react to the news breaking following the ball game that the Warriors have, in fact, waived Marquise Chris. This is a surprise move to many. Uh, we were tossing around how could the Warriors uh, find a way to get Damian Lee a contract for the remainder of the season. Kai Bowman also coming up on his 45 uh, days allotted to him as far as being a two-way player with the G League and NBA eligibility uh, and the Warriors have chosen the non-guaranteed uh, option for Marquise Chris, which is they can waive him and they don't have to pay him for the remainder of the year. So now you can slot Damian Lee into 
that contract between now and the end of the season, and the cost will essentially be the same, and now you can keep Damian Lee uh, and, and he can play and be up with the big club for the whole year. And time was just about up. After tonight, Lee had used 43 of his 45 days, so the Warriors just had to do something. It appears they did something that they weren't especially excited about doing. Perhaps that contributed to Steve Kerr being as upset as he was tonight. I don't know that. That's speculation. But I think you're right, J.D. It sure looks like they were hoping to open up that spot in other ways. They were hoping to make a deal, and it looks like they just were not able to make a trade they wanted to trade. Presumably, they were not able to trade Alec Burks, yeah. who is widely believed to be the most tradable asset. And we've been talking about that for a couple of weeks here, how well Alec Burks is playing. And although I, I think the one thing you have to keep in mind with, with Alec Burks and even Glenn Robinson the third, but Alec Burks was the guy that everybody had kind of circled as, well, there's going to be a lot of playoff teams that are going to want Alec Burks. And Alec Burks would be a relatively you know easy guy to move. And you, you trade Alec Burks for a second-round pick. Here's the thing, though, as far as the timeline. Uh, the rest of the league does not need Alec Burks right now. And, as productive a bench scorer as he is, the rest of the league is not at a point where they urgently need Alec Burks. And and if you're the Warriors, you know it's the Warriors' timeline that would need to be fit to do something right now. So you know you have to also look at the way the rest of the league views it, and the rest of the league might be thinking, well, why would we? You know, you're the one, you're the one Warriors that is in a pinch to get this done right now to keep another player on the roster that you want to keep. We don't have to do it right now. So for you know, you're asking us for compensation for a good player, but the reality is the the level of compensation changes because the team that would be acquiring Alec Burks would also be helping the Warriors fit a specific timeline. So I could see a team that maybe has interest in Alec Burks saying, wait a minute, uh, we're going to give you a second-round pick for Burks, but what are you going to give us maybe down the line for facilitating this trade right now? It's a two-way street, and, and the reality is teams don't really need a guy like Alec Burks until that trade deadline, which is still a month away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe the uh, Warriors found that he wasn't as valuable as they hoped he would be. To what extent does this come down to the Warriors choosing Damian Lee over Marquise Chris. Now, Damian Lee, uh, according to the Chronicle, he had said that um, if he was asked to go back to Santa Cruz, he would not refuse to do so. Uh, but now he gets the roster spot and Marquise Chris is gone. Connor Latorno uh, writing today that uh, Marquise Chris was considered a potential franchise building block. That's a bit strong, I think. Uh, uh, I never viewed him that way. Uh, I'm not sure the Warriors did. I'm not sure the Warriors viewed him that way either. I think, again, the way I've put it with Chris is he's somebody that you would like to see more of. You know, 22, athletic. He's got some skill to his game. He's he's got got a little bit of a, a basketball IQ in terms of passing, seeing yeah. the floor. I'm sure Connor Latorno wouldn't just make that up. No, but I also th- I also think you know here's the thing that happens too, and I'm just I'm going to put the rat on the table here. You know, what, let's make way on the table for the rat. What, okay, go what, ahead. What often happens you know, with losing teams is players that you know, players become a little bit over glorified. 
I, I think. I, and I, I, you know, on teams that are really struggling and there's a void of talent and the Warriors have you know a 50-win team on their injured list for a game like tonight, and you start to see you know players like Kai Bowman and Amari Spellman and Eric Paschal and Glenn Robinson III and Alec Burks and Marquise Chris and Willie Collins, you start watching these guys night in, night out, after night, after night, after night, and you see – oh, this guy played pretty well tonight, and this guy played pretty well a few games here or there. And I think sometimes, and we're all guilty of this, and we've done it, I think, on a few of these these post-game shows when you start looking at who fits for next year, that there comes a point where you don't, you don't take the most realistic view of who actually is in the fold. And I think you start to fall in love with players a little bit. Uh, and I think in reality, you know, Marquise Chris is okay, but... He's not somebody that you have to have on your team. Would you like to? Yes. I'm sure the Warriors right now would rather have Marquise Chris on their team for the rest of the year than not. Yeah. But as far as it coming down to a choice between Damian Lee or Marquise Chris, give me Damian Lee. But I think what it comes down to with Marquise Chris and why so many people are disappointed, with Marquise Chris, there was still kind of an X factor there. He's played so much better than he had, and presumably he was going to continue to improve at 22 years of age. Um, there's also this, this is neither here nor there as far as the decision It has to do with the human side of it. And I apologize. I'm, I forget who tweeted this. If I find it, I'll, uh, I'll mention them, give them credit. But Marquise Chris, as we mentioned on Warriors Live, and as you may know, he's from Pleasant Grove. So he was back home tonight. So after the game, he's getting ready to go out with family and friends when he finds out, yep, your contract is not guaranteed. You're getting waived. And he told somebody, he said, well, it's a, you know, it's in God's hands now. It's all part of God's plan. But that kind of puts a damper on the night back home and the night out on the town with friends and family. Because yeah. this has been, to this point, a really uh, a year of redemption for him to this point. Yeah, and, and Monty Poole uh, adding to that, uh, reporting that he's told the waving of Marquise Chris, according to his sources, not a matter of the Warriors losing interest. It's just a, a timing deal. They're running out of time with Damian Lee and Kai Bowman. This is the first move there will be more. And again, my understanding is, you know, there would be an opportunity for the Warriors maybe to sign Chris again at some point. Now, here's the other thing. He goes through waivers. Somebody could claim him and take him and add him to that roster and have him on a minimum deal for the remainder of the year. If they don't, the Warriors would not have the option of signing him to a 10-day because they wouldn't have the roster spot. Is that correct? Uh, well, technically, the Warriors do have the roster spot because the Warriors the Warriors only have 14 okay. on the roster. And, and then the two, two, they had the two two-ways. So they had 16. I mean, they that would just be kicking the can down the road, perhaps. But, but they'd but... only have 14. You take him away, it's 13. You add Damian Lee, it's 14 again. They, they do have one free spot open. It's, it's just a matter of how much money you have up against the hard cap. So I'm sure the Warriors have gone through every possible, you know, incarnation of how much everything would cost. Uh, but at some point, you're right, yes, it would be kicking the can down the road because after two 10-day contracts, the same rules apply as the 45-day limit uh, in terms of, you know, G League. Yeah, at the end of the two 10 days, you gotta you got to sign him for the rest of the year or you got to let him go. How can a team that's 9-29 and 29 have so many tough calls when it comes to keeping players? You know what I'm saying? You wouldn't think a team that's nine and twenty nine would have that many guys that they want to keep, but that's certainly the case with this team right now. Well, it's look, it's it, guys you want to keep and guys you're committed to keeping. Yeah, and and I think at some point you know, you want to be you want to have the option to keep as many as you can. 
I think that's why Jacob Evans, you know, gets an option picked up. That's why Amari Spellman's in a position where he gets an option, you know, picked up. You want, you want, you know, it's like this whole year for the Warriors and really the, the whole year and a half for the Warriors going back to July and going up until the regular season starts next year. It's basically a 16 month off season. So you want to ha- create as many possible different options as you can to acquire and, and keep talent to build a roster that can be a contending team for for next year. So, uh, you know, keeping guys makes a lot of sense, uh, even if when you start to add it all up, you know, you may wind up with more than, than you really need at some point in time. Yeah. Uh, Marquise Chris made a three tonight, too. Remember that? He made a corner three. Yeah, on a night yeah. where nobody could make a three, at least not <laughs> yeah. until Glenn Robinson the third drilled the Warriors' 18th three-point three, uh, three attempt of the night, the first one that actually went through. Uh, early uh, in the second half. A strange, strange night in what's been um, an, an, an unusual season, to say the least, for the Warriors. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, 888 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570, 9-5-7-9-5 in the Chilton Auto Body text line. Uh, Warriors lose to the Kings, one eleven ninety eight. You heard it right here at 95.7 The Game. Warriors wrap-up continues on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, and you at 888-957-9570. Tying a bow on this night as the Warriors lose to the Kings in Sacramento, 111-98. And the bigger news, really, of the night uh, after the Warriors. Kind of a dud ball game for them tonight in Sacramento. Marquise Chris waived by Golden State to following the game, presumably to add Damian Lee to the active roster. How about that? Wrapping up the Marquise Chris era. Didn't think we'd be doing that tonight. No, really didn't. Uh, and again, and and I tweeted this, uh, the fact that uh, you know Marquise Chris is a guy you'd look, you'd surely like to get a closer look at for the rest of the year. But but to me, you don't need to fret about cutting him if it is that versus making a bad deal maybe on on somebody else yeah. or you know rushing to do something with Alec Burks or Amari Spellman or or anybody else if the league is dictating to you that you know the timing isn't right for that. Yeah, it's just uh it, it it's it's difficult because as a fan if you if you bought into the notion that this was about player development and developing young players and you had this 22-year-old uh, who had been a lottery pick and was showing a lot of promise uh, it's just difficult to get, to understand why. Okay, now he's not here anymore, and of course it has to do with contractual issues. But yeah, it's a, it's a disappointing. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's go ahead and get to our call of the game. It's time for the call of the game. Brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile. Joseph scribbling on Bowman. Bowman with a nose for nose. Being a pest, which is what he's supposed to do. Not knock the ball away. Bowman with a steal. Goes all the way in and scores. How about Kai Bowman? How about Kai Bowman? Kai Bowman, the next guy the Warriors are going to have to find uh, a little bit uh, of room for. You know what his potentially. Clock, where his clock is? Yeah, I can find it for you here. His clock at this point, uh, we had it before the game, and it is 39 days. Today is 45. Today was the 39 of 45, and I know Steve Kerr did say, Whitey, that at this point, once D'Angelo Russell comes back, and we thought D'Angelo Russell was coming back tonight, 
Uh, but it looks like D'Angelo Russell's going to be back Wednesday when the Warriors take on the Bucks at Chase Center. When D'Angelo Russell comes back, Steve Kerr did say that Kai Bowman would be headed back down toward uh, Santa Cruz. And, and so at that point, they would be comfortable, let's say, if his days remain at 39, you're confident that D'Angelo Russell's going to be coming back. You'd still have a little bit under a week uh, to play with. Should let everybody know the call of the game. Uh, if you can correctly identify that, make sure you tune in to Jolo and Dibs tomorrow at 9.30 here on 95.7 The Game. If you know the call of the game, when they ask for it, uh, it will be worth $100 to Schroeder's Restaurant at 240 Front Street in San Francisco. Call of the game brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile. The best deal in wireless. So again, know the call of the game tomorrow at 9.30 Right here on 95.7 The Game. Very disappointing night for the Warriors. We said before the game they were going to have a tough time competing because they were without so much offense and so much leadership, but they just couldn't make baskets, and the offense was so out of sync. Not only were they missing shots, but guys were actually passing up shots, and it looked like Sacramento actually knew what the Warriors were running, and they were overplaying some of the passing lanes. Uh, and it was a tough night then to find out that Marquise Chris is no longer with the team. As I said earlier, um, a very uh, disappointing and strange night in what's been obviously a strange season for the Warriors. Yeah, it really has. And now you look at the Warriors at nine and twenty-nine. Ah. A good opportunity to look uh, now at the reverse standings. Bring on the Bucks! As the Bucks, Bucks will be a little riled up when they come in Wednesday. Yeah, Bucks they? got blown out tonight wow. in San Antonio. Always tough. Uh, you know, one of the a lot, a lot of little JD rules and 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 things that I you know always make a note of. One is the 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 back to back home and it's the home and home rule. Whenever you have a team, to me, when whenever you have two teams that play each other back to back games and one team is significantly better than the other, I, I really think well, it benefits the lesser team as far as ah. winning. That's almost like the doubleheader. It's almost like you know doubleheader in baseball. Most doubleheaders get split. You know, regardless of, of who's playing, I, I, I f- it feels hmm. a little bit like that to me. So the Spurs were able to take advantage of them playing the Bucks consecutive nights. Uh, the Bucks will come in thirty-two and six. What is the Bucks record when they wear the Cream City uniforms? That's ridiculous. The color is okay. I'm okay with the color, but Cream City? You're going to try to win an NBA game wearing a jersey that says Cream City? No wonder they lost. I have to get that for you on Wednesday. Yeah. We'll have to find what is that out. Cream City jersey record. We'll have to find out uh, going into Wednesday's game. Warriors nine and twenty nine. They've lost five in a row, uh, and the Warriors now within a half game of the Hawks. The Hawks are eight and twenty nine. The Hawks are going to get drumming. They're going to win more games after they do that. So the Hawks right now currently they're in the the top spot, thirtieth uh, in terms of the. Reverse standings. You got the Warriors at nine and twenty-nine, and then uh, you've got the Knicks at ten and twenty-six, and the Cavaliers are also ten and twenty-six as well. Uh, but the Warriors are in that two spot with the Knicks and Cavs three-four as far as the reverse standings go. I know the Warriors had bumped up a couple of slots, Whitey, and now they're they're back uh, with the five-game losing streak uh, and another night where the Warriors lose by double digits. I know we talked about it before the game. The Warriors have more double-digit losses uh, than any team in the league. They have lost, yeah, by 10 or more points uh, 16 times now. Yeah, Tops so, in the West. 
yeah. So I know there's there's been a lot of conversation about all of the single digit losses, uh, but the Warriors actually have more double digit. Well, when losses. you lose twenty nine, you're going to lose by single digits, double yeah. digits. You're just going to lose about every way you can lose but when so, you lost that many games. I, I know there has been in, in some circles a focus on all of the single digit losses, but the Warriors actually have more double digit losses. Than every kind of loss you could wish for, they have it. Uh, final thoughts here. Uh, we got about a minute to go. Whitey on the ball game tonight. We didn't really talk much about the ball game tonight because of what happened with Marquise Chris, but uh, I think that's probably for the best at this point. I'll be interested to hear Steve Kerr's comments. My guess is that uh, part of his frustration tonight was knowing that they had to part ways with a player that he really didn't want to part ways with. Yeah, and the Bucks will be in town uh, on Wednesday. Uh, the Warriors and the Bucks. One of the, the premier games, I think, on the schedule when the schedule was released back in August. It, it still remains on the National League. Uh, on the national television schedule, but a yeah. little bit of a different feel. And it does sound like D'Angelo Russell and Draymond Green will both be back in the fold. All right, so that uh, losing streak coming to an end Wednesday. John Dickinson, if I heard right, just guaranteed it. I did not. I did not. But okay. it will be a, a happy get these headphones will checked. be a happy birthday Wednesday for Glenn Robinson the third. So if you're going to the game, uh, make sure you wish Glenn Robinson the third a and happy John birthday. John Dickinson a happy birthday uh, on, Wednesday. On, on Wednesday. So yeah. that's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks to everybody, uh, Ryan Mouser, uh, Alex Scott. Uh, for Whitey Gleason, I'm John Dickinson. The Kings beat the Warriors tonight, 111-98. We'll talk to you on Wednesday at Chase Center right here on 95.7 The Game.